0: Ani, kia ora. Tēnā koe, Dr. Will. Kia ora tātou. <coughs> ko pane o mataaho te maunga, kote te taiheala i hunua loa te awa, kote moana i te wāohakaau toke lau, i ā mōlalo tonga me aotearoa te moana. Dr. Will, how are you? Dr. how are you doing? Good, thank you uh, Dr. Will. Thank you so much for taking the time and making the effort to, to be here. Oh, thanks for having me, yeah. Thank you. Is kia ora and warm Pacific greetings all. Welcome to the Alma House. So, uh, just prepared me a little intro here. Uh, you know, I love uh, having the opportunity uh, provided here by Planet FM to discuss, share, explore and encourage ways of ultimately uplifting our people. To strive towards being the best versions of themselves, ourselves, having a safe space with the right, trained, qualified, and experienced people in their chosen field to have that conversation and lean into that unknown discomfort. So today, I'm excited to have Dr. William Cunningham, cataract and retinal surgeon, Marlow. Dr. Will. Marlow, Mel. Um, I think before we get into to these questions I've been uh, really interested in uh, Dr. Well, asked you How, how was
1: your weekend? Uh, yeah, I had a very good weekend um, yes. Yeah, work-wise we did a quick trip to Wellington Just to present to some optometrists down there Around some eye stuff And uh, the rest of the weekend was spent with the family Yeah, it was oh. good
0: uh, thanks, Dr. Will. So, uh, down a wellie was just for the workforce, just for for staff, peers, not for the public.
1: It was just for staff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Awesome. And uh, one more question, uh, Dr. Will. What's your take on um, the All Blacks losing <laughs> two games to to the Aussies and
1: Argentina? Uh, I think the next one will 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 come back. We'll be right.
0: Thank you. Okay, I'm. I'm gonna get straight into it, uh, Doctor Will. Uh, a lot is known about obesity, healthy heart, and, and diabetes. Diabetes amongst our PI people and, and Moli as well, Doctor Will. Little known about eye care. What? Well, what are the the concerns, and how do we prevent? Uh, eye diseases are. Will, if you can elaborate,
1: please. Uh, Yeah, I think we've talked about it a a little bit before. Um, I suppose, you know, the most obvious thing at the moment is the, you know, the diabetes and obesity epidemic. And um, we've talked how diabetes can affect your eyes um, with, say, cataract and the retina at the back of the eye. But rather than focus on that today, I thought we could just talk a bit more um, broadly around how we can care for our eyes in general, and I thought we could run through the, the different age groups as well, um, just to give everyone an idea about what they can do to uh, look after their eyes um, a bit better, yeah. That's great, that's awesome, will. Uh, Dr. Will. Okay. Can you, can you share with us please? So let let's start with um, say newborns. So yes. let's say you you have your child and um, obviously would you well, you should have had some screening um, during pregnancy. Baby comes out and part of the the check as a newborn is to check the baby's eyes. And what you should be having there is somebody shining a light uh, into, the, into the baby's eyes to check their red reflex. And that's that, that funny red red uh, glow you see in photographs, more so yes. in older photos. And what, they, what we're looking for there is to check that there's a nice equal um, reflection back uh, in each eye. And that's a sign that there's nothing blocking the vision. Um, if, say, one one eye uh, doesn't reflect the light back as well, then that baby should be referred on to see an eye surgeon uh, for further assessment. So let's say um, you're unsure if your child's had this. You should definitely check with your GP okay. uh, or your, your um, you know, whoever's, say your plunket nurse whoever's helping look after your baby and um another another thing is if let's say you take a photograph of your baby and the red reflex doesn't look equal uh, that's that's probably another reason to to just um take your baby along to the doctor and just double check that that's a a normal thing okay yep
0: and leading on from that very first eye exam for, for the
1: newborns, yep. and you've covered that. When is the next stage? Well, the, the other thing I should say is that with all of these stages, the key is obviously, you know, living as healthy a lifestyle as possible, but also uh, a lot of these things go undetected unless you're screened. So you've got to be proactive with, with your eye care and screening. Um, in terms of kids, they there they should be regular screening arranged. So the next screen for kids would be usually the preschool screen. Um, so that's a, a vision check for kids um, prior to starting school. Okay.
0: And what does this test uh, encompass?
1: Well, tests. It's a very simple test of vision, basically. And um, again, uh, there are a certain standards that, that should be met. And let's say a child doesn't see well from, from one or both eyes, then again, they should be referred on for assessment. Okay. And also,
0: let, let's say um, a, a newborn wasn't screened you know, at, at that age, Yep. Can it be picked up at
1: their preschool age? It can be, yeah. But but some things, um, you know, you want to get on to sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. So if you're unsure, if you you know if you've been screened or not, or if you if you're certain you haven't, then you you should be because uh, there are a, a few things that could potentially damage the vision quite quickly. If it's not picked up, yeah quickly okay i see so the earliest picked up uh, uh, yeah generally with all these things the, the sooner you pick them up the better yep okay and uh uh share with me will can the gp pick up uh conduct these yep. tests they're very simple tests so with the with the young ones you know the the red reflex um all gps will have a, a handheld torch to check for that and the same with the vision check for the you know preschoolers. Yep.
0: Okay, and, and you were saying before to be it's important to be proactive. So these tests aren't offered um, as part of the well child wellbeing.
1: Probably? They are, and they should be. But occasionally, kids fall through the cracks. Um, you know, particularly maybe with some of our Pacific Island babies, um, they may not have had those checks. Of being between countries, etc. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, uh, Doctor Wall. What are some healthy tips
0: we can use? We we can. Uh, what am I getting at? Uh, some healthy eye exercises, or you know, what I'm saying for we us as parents can look out for or provide for our newborns up to the uh, preschool stage. Yep.
1: So, um, again, that, that general stuff, just you know, healthy diet, yes. um, healthy lifestyle, um, encouraging your kids to go outdoors. There's good evidence to say that um, spending time outdoors is good for your vision. Yes. And um, certainly, too much screen time um, can be bad for kids. And um, what the, the main issue there is it can encourage encourage nearsightedness or short sightedness. so that's where you can see very well up close but not so well in the distance and th- yeah there's, there's basically a, a, a myopia or a nearsightedness epidemic at the moment and uh, I think we think that you know screens have a big part to play in that so send your kids outside yeah That's
0: it. And do you have a a recommended time frame uh, the kids can
1: stare at their tablets or or mobile phones, Uh, TVs? I think, you know, it depends what they're doing it for. Um, There's obviously some benefits with the the screens, so say if it's for education and things like that. But uh, I I don't think there's a specific time limit. But, um, you know, I think anything beyond sort of 30 minutes is is probably a bit too much <laughs> send them out day eh? yeah if it's not yeah if it's not raining yeah thanks dr
0: boy okay so leading on from preschool uh, age when is the next stage
1: well then yeah you uh, during primary school um, you're gonna uh, there, there should be some more scheduled uh, checks again that's just for your general vision but uh, once the kids get a bit older, um, they may self-report issues and um, it can be a little confusing sometimes figuring out if it's a genuine complaint or, or whether, you know, they're, they're doing it for maybe to get off school or whatever. But, um, but uh, you know, the, the key there is you, the parents will know their kids best and uh, I think trust your gut and if you think something's wrong, get it checked. Um, You might, let's say, see your child squinting. So if they're reading or if they're trying to see something in the distance, again, trust your gut. And if you think they're struggling, um, take them along and and have their eyes checked. Yeah, I want to focus a little bit on that. uh,
0: On that, uh, that. well, uh, Dr. Will, could there be another reason why kids, you know, when they're squinting, Or could there be another underlying reason why they refuse, they don't want to get their
1: eyes checked, you think? Yep. It um, depends on the age as well. So uh, I suppose teenagers, uh, not so much these days, but certainly in my days, um, you know, wearing glasses wasn't very cool. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that might be a reason why. Or, um, you know, there are many reasons why. you know, a child might not want to report their eye troubles. Um, you know, it all comes down to their previous experience. They might have had a bad experience with a, a doctor in the past, or you know, they, they, yeah, there could be many things um, putting them off. Uh, perhaps telling you the truth, but again, it comes down to the parents and yeah, trusting your instincts. And also, there, there's an alternative to wearing glasses.
0: Corey? Uh, I'm thinking the...
1: Yep, so once you're getting into the teenage years, um, a lot of what we do is managing um, more refractive error. So, you know, managing kids in their glasses. These days, it's mostly for for nearsightedness. And, yeah, there is a treatment available um, that can help slow the progression of that disease so let's say you you become near sighted quite early on say you know under 10 um, traditionally that would continue to get worse throughout your teenage years and even into your 20s to the point where you're legally blind with the condition so you're, you're so near sighted that um, you know without your glasses on you would you would pass as legally blind <coughs> so there are some treatments now to slow that that disease process um, yeah one option is a, a dilute um, eye drop which is very easy to use in kids and that's there's some good evidence there to slow to show that helps right. and the other other one that you were referring to is um, also keratology, which are basically some contact lenses that you sleep in they um, they can they slight, subtly change the shape at the front of the at the front of your eye, so that when you wake up and take the contact lenses out, you're not so short sighted, and they can help slow that that myopia progression process down. Yep. Okay, so with that myopia progression, yeah,
0: can if okay people that have that condition are they not able to? fulfill, uh, have the best possible sight, is it with or not because of that disease?
1: Yes, so uh, myopia is is near-sightedness and um, yeah, as I was saying it it can, well it would usually progress in in your teens and to the point where you become really short-sighted. It is correctable, say with glasses and uh, or with contact lenses, but it's good to try and minimize that progression so that you're not, say, when you're an adult, you're not always needing to use your glasses. Yeah, that's right. Thank, Thank you, me. Dr. Will. Okay, leading on from teenage into the... Uh... yep. so as an, as an adult, um, particularly as a young adult, it's kind of up to the individual um certainly if you're having issues with your eyes get them checked but in terms of screening uh there's there's you're probably a bit young there to to justify any regular screening okay um say with an optometrist so at that age it's more just um you know as required eye care okay yeah but uh you know, let's say you're a diabetic or you have any other medical issues that could um, affect. affect your eyes, then, yeah, you, you should be having regular eye checks. But as a healthy, say, yes. 19, 20-year-old, um, no, I don't, think, I don't think there's any point in screening really. Yeah. Okay. So what are some uh,
0: tips? You mentioned the, um, you know, the healthy lifestyles, healthy eating. Any... Thing else we can do in particular to, to look after our eyesight
1: in general? Um, yeah, they've, they've done big studies looking at, um, you know, what, what can affect your eyes. Um, I think it's just common sense, really. So, you know, anything that's going to be good for your body is going to be good for your eyes. Um, you know, uh, if something's hurting your eyes, don't do it. Yeah. Okay,
0: okay. I'll give you a, a real example that 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 happened to me, and I know I mentioned it to you uh, a few years ago, and I wasn't even aware that you were a an, a, an eye surgeon. I was cutting grass. I was cutting grass, and then yeah. something went into my eye, mm-hmm. and it was the most painful experience I've had. <laughs> you know, and the first thing I did, I rubbed it. The shit the crap out of it hey eh? yeah. that was my first instincts
1: yeah
0: it didn't get better and that night i was so desperate like man it was so painful yeah i went into the water and i was like diving in the water in the sea in the ocean yeah because i was desperate yeah. to to get rid of that pain I, mm. that's what i thought was best yep and then when i came to you know i, I got the proper treatment you I know, i did
1: i was supposed to do the opposite what should I have done then, uh, Doctor Bull? Oh, it's hard to say. Hey, eh? like um, you got to trust your instincts, and let's say something goes in your eye and it doesn't feel that bad, then it's probably something that's going to pass. But if something goes in and the the problem persists, say beyond a, you know a day or so, that that's that's more when you should get it checked. Or if it's a really bad injury, so if, you know, say big bit of metals hit your eye or you're worried that there's something uh, more major has happened then then yeah sure get it checked but you know stuff goes in people's eyes all the time i think you, you probably did the right thing uh trying to write it out but yeah if after a day it's still bothering you you should should get it checked but you you were you were, in, you were all overseas at that yes show? i was
0: overseas yeah, yeah. Okay, um, Okay, I've got a question here for you while we're talking about overseas. Well, and uh apologise if I'm all over the place with my questions. Are there ophthalmology services in the
1: islands that meet the needs required? Yep, yep. There are, um, yeah, as far as I'm aware, there are, uh, eye services across the across all of the Pacific. Um, some are permanent. Some are just you know provided through a visiting service. So um, let's say with the Cook Islands, I'm not aware of any permanent eye uh, you know ophthalmologist there, but um, there is uh, there well not during COVID, but usually there are uh, regular teams visiting there. Um, in Samoa, there is a, a local ophthalmologist, um, Lucilla, uh, and a local optometrist who um, can care for, for most things. And uh, I think there's a, a regular ophthalmologist in Tonga as well. And uh, Fiji as well. There's plenty of eye surgeons there. Yep. And
0: can they sustain ophthalmic services during the, uh, the
1: COVID? Uh well, even you know, pre-COVID, what they mm. you know they just they do the best job they can with what they've got. But um, certainly, we're we've got the advantage here with all the latest tech and equipment and support. So, yeah, we're we're quite lucky in New Zealand that you know we can offer first-class eye treatment. Um, the the Pacific is more just. Um, you know your your general care type stuff, but anything advanced um, would usually come to New Zealand or Australia for care. Yep, that's right. Thanks, uh, Doctor Will. I think we'll try and, and
0: continue on from um, our previous discussion uh, from the teenage, young adult stage in terms of general eye care. Okay. When, when would you? When is the next? Say, say, let's say. Uh, you know, no, no eye diseases, eye
1: diseases, so, sorry, and um, yeah. generally speaking, the next stage. Yeah, so if you're, you're healthy and, you know, there's no no eye trouble, yeah. then you, it's probably not until you hit your 40s uh, that's when most people start needing... Uh, particularly if you've got good distance vision, say in your 40s, maybe 50s, people will start needing some assistance for their reading. And that's, yeah, if you start to notice that you say, you know, you're, you're struggling with your near vision or holding your phone out further mm-hmm. than what you what you would have in the past, then that's a sign that you're becoming presbyopic, which is um, just where, you know, as, as we all get older, we struggle more to see up close, And that's probably the time you should see an optometrist. And they will do a a general eye check and um, help you guide you in terms of what glasses you can use to help with your near vision.
0: Okay, so it's natural then in in your uh, 40s, 50s to be struggling with your near vision? Yeah. Okay. And... uh, so can you can you walk me through the process there? Like right now, I'm thinking my of uh, uh, real examples. Like my father, he he's a <laughs> he's a, he's an educated man, but I remember in his late 40s or early 50s, he knows time to talk about. Um, he can't read the paper mm-hmm. unless he ha- ha- has um, some glasses, and I think he went straight to like a two dollar shop yeah. to buy some glasses so he could see better. Yeah can you walk me through the process, the proper process of um,
1: well, going
0: about getting the right, correct eye care?
1: Yep. Um, the, I suppose it depends. Um, the downside to seeing an optometrist is it costs money and certainly if um, you don't have the funds to, to see an optometrist then and you're struggling to see up close, then that's probably a, a, a decent option is to go and Try the different, you know, magnifiers on and see what works for you. I suppose the, the fear there is that, um, let's say, there's there's something else going on that you, you know, that could potentially harm your vision and you didn't know about it. Then that's right. Yeah, that's that screening opportunity missed. Um, so yeah, and if you'd want a more, you know, refined prescription or the best possible vision with your glasses, and certainly seeing an optometrist is, is a better option. But, yeah, for many, they don't have the, the luxury of, you know, being able to pay to see an optometrist. Are you aware mm-hmm. of any other options there to make it more affordable? Yeah, there are there are lots of uh, funding um, things available that can help help get you to see an optometrist Um Yeah, I think you know you can go through wins, uh, or um, you know if you're part of the AA, then you can get free you know eye screening and uh, things like that. There are there are tons of optometry programs around. Yeah, to make it more affordable eh, and more more accessible. Yeah, more accessible. Yeah. Okay, thank
0: you, Doctor Wall, and um, I suppose when when we, we all get older, you know. How can we, like I'm talking about the, the later stages now, you know, maybe the last, you know, when we retire, what are some tips from your perspective
1: to, to manage
0: the eyesight?
1: Yep, so two, I'd recommend a, a check every couple of years with an optometrist um, just to screen for those things that are more common as we get older, so cataract And um, another common, a few common ones are glaucoma and macular degeneration. And uh, some of those things particularly say, take glaucoma for example, um, it's called the silent thief of vision. So that's something that can take your vision without you really knowing about it until it's too late. So you'd want to, yeah, I'd strongly recommend eye screening and again then just living a, a healthy lifestyle, yeah. What is that condition called again? Glaucoma. The thief of, the silent thief of vision, yeah. Man, yeah. So, yeah, these, are, these things are uh, more common as we get older. Yeah, good to get it checked. Absolutely. And and uh,
0: do you come across patients who, who are just freaking out that, you know, they're probably in their 30s, 40s, Freaking out that they can't see something properly, and they're not aware of what's going on. Have you come across that
1: a lot all the time? Yeah, and uh, a lot of the time it's just a, a simple thing like you know their their focus is off, or yeah, it, yeah. It, it's rare for, for for bad things to happen to healthy young adults. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Awesome, Dr. Will. Okay, Dr. Will, I've got a question for you. Some diabetics, for whatever reason, and I I don't say that lightly because I understand and I'm in a position to fully grasp most of the why's and learn from a clinical and non-clinical perspective, but for some reason, some diabetics type 1 and 2 and at the chronic stage need... Need support to manage their diet, exercises, and medical requirements. Any advice on how they can help themselves better and how family
1: can also? It's a tricky one, eh? Because, yeah, I'm not a diabetic and it's very easy for me to sort of sit on this side and say, oh, you should be doing this, this, and this. Whereas the reality of it is, um, I think for a lot of people, um, they perhaps might put other things first, for example, their family. And um, it's trying to get that balance right, you know, caring enough for yourself that you can help your family, but also trying to put your family first. It's, it's a weird mix and I, I don't actually have the answer there. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tricky one. Thank you, Dr. Will.
0: Okay. And also, does it worry you how much exposure New Zealand health officials put on coronavirus? Yet more of our people, PI and Māori, are severely affected and dying with the lack of, ex- lack of exposure, meaningful engagement and education on preventable diseases like diabetes.
1: Yeah, it does uh, concern me a bit that we've spent a lot of money on coronavirus when you know there are plenty of other things affecting our people. And uh, again, uh, you know, it it comes back to those simple things like education access. Um, Yeah, I definitely think our you know sure if Corona takes off and you know starts to really affect us then. That's a different story, but I think, yeah, we, we, we shouldn't forget about these, these other things that are uh, probably more relevant, in my opinion, yeah. Thank you, Dr. Wool.
0: And what you mentioned the... Uh, Sorry, I can't remember if we were on or off here. Um, on the weekend, you were down in Wally um, uh, working... Uh, workshop amongst your your peers what are you, what have you guys got in, in, in the pipeline or what are you guys working towards to um i guess uh eliminate health equity and
1: uh yeah so as a as an I college um we are currently working on um Firstly, a Māori action plan, which uh, aims to address health or improve equity for, for Māori here in New Zealand. And uh, that will also provide a blueprint for a Pacifica um, eye care plan, um, which which has a, a similar aim to improve, improve eye care for um, our Pacific people. And, um, yeah, we're currently in the development sort of stages with, with that first plan um yeah we're looking to have that ready to go by 2021 and yeah i think there'll be some some positive steps forward there particularly around you know trying to improve access and also trying to encourage our people to you know get involved um, say with, with medicine and, and eye care because we can you know I'm one of just a handful of Māori and Pacifica uh, you know um, in, in the eye care field and we can definitely do with, with more
0: So how are you or what do you think needs to be done to, to get more PI and Māoris
1: alongside you Dr. Will? Uh, well, speaking from personal experience, it's it's all about having those uh, mentors, you know, and people you can relate to and look up to. You know, when when you're young or even when you're at university, um, if you if you see someone similar to yourself doing something and enjoying it, then I think you're more likely to want to do that. And perhaps say with eye surgery, uh, it's. Uh, traditionally being a very sort of colonial type um, type setup uh, without many Maori and Pacifica and pro- maybe that's the reason why not many have have come into this field but um the same goes for any any job anywhere i think just those those mentors here yeah. absolutely so you're one of the few that have gone against the grain in terms of the um colonial setup. uh yeah maybe but the reason I got into ophthalmology uh, or eye surgery was um um there's a I have a colleague who's about 15 years older than me but when I was at med school he took me under his wing and he um he's got a Maori background and you know he like me he used to play rugby and stuff like that and that that's how I got into it and um yeah. There there are probably other ways people are inspired to do things, but that's that's what worked for me. Thank you, Dr. Will. Hey, I want to ask you, uh,
0: I really want to ask you for your perspective on this question because it, it means a lot to me. Maybe it links in with what we're doing, but also because us here at work, uh work alongside the Mental Health Foundation and Like Minds. What do you do, Dr. World, to, um, you know, the, the stress levels or, or even maybe personal? You've had some, you know, come across some tough times. How do you iron yourself up or, or strong, you know, strengthen yourself to prepare with those mental uh, difficulties?
1: Uh, yep, personally... Um uh, for me, I know what, what works. So, for me, exercise is always a good cure for anything. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to say go and drink away your, your worries, but, um, you know, that's a, that's a slippery slope. Whereas, you know, exercise is a good positive way to rid yourself of stress or, or worry or anxiety. And there's nothing like those those good and healthy endorphins to you know help you see things in a in a more positive light. Um, and then, um, what else do I do? I think it's important to switch off. So yeah, you got to you know do whatever you do, work hard to make a living. Yes. But um, when you get home, I think it's important to try and. Switch off whatever you've been doing in the day, and you know, spend time with your family. And again, that helps you gain perspective on what's actually important. It's not, it's not the work or the money. It's your family. Um, yeah, those are, are two things that, that work for me. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Doctor Wool. Really appreciate the advice. Yes, yeah, so uh, yeah, us here at Delmo, we've linked up with uh, like minds, you know, uh, finding ways to provide social inclusion for those that, you know, that are going through tough times and bounced back. So yeah, just plugging in their like minds.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Dr. Will, um, with your work, is there anything that, that you're excited about in, in terms of um, your profession? that you could that, that will be that you guys will be rolling out or,
1: or yeah I, I um, there are plenty of things um, from a sort of cultural or Maori and Pacifica standpoint I, I definitely think um, our people are, are underrepresented in the in in terms of you know the patient population we're seeing and um, to firstly confirm that, we're planning a big survey to look at the proportion of of patients that we should be seeing that are say Māori or Pacifica. Uh, from there, I think that might open some some pathways in terms of funding and research into why uh, we're not not seeing as many people as we should. You know, is it, a, is it an access thing? Is it an education thing? Is it a, is it a funding or, um, you know, money thing? Um, yeah, I'm quite excited about that. Awesome. Thanks, uh, Dr. Will.
0: So definitely, yeah, that was another question I had. Um, what do we know about the Māori PI workforce in both optometry and ophthalmology?
1: Yeah, with the, so with the workforce... I think, say, in, in New Zealand, um, in terms of eye surgeons, there's around 150 eye surgeons uh, approximately, and I think at the moment we have uh, six who identify as Māori or Pacifica. I think the optometry workforce is very similar. I think they maybe only have one or two a year out of quite a big group that, um, that are... Um, Um, Māori or Pacific so yeah we could definitely um, um, do with more and um, you know with with medical school there are uh, scholarships well there's scholarships and there's a a quota or you know a a mission scheme for both Otago and Auckland University which um, basically makes it Um, more accessible for Māori and Pacific people to do medicine Would that be fair
0: though on on those that don't identify as Māori Pacific they miss out on their quota I mean I'm not familiar with the criteria
1: Yeah look it's it's not a perfect system and there are definite arguments for and against but I think at the moment you know in, in terms of the medical workforce as a whole compared to say the, the population. So around a quarter of our population is Māori and Pacifica if you put Absolutely. the two together. Absolutely. Whereas if you look at, you know, the the doctors or the medical workforce, we're nowhere near a quarter. And until we reach that sort of level, I think there's gotta be these schemes that encourage, you know, people into the field. And they, they might not be perfect, they might not be some might not view them as fair but um we've got to gotta do something, yeah absolutely. Thank, Thank you, you, Dr. will.
0: Um, what are your we're heading towards the end now. What are your hopes uh, dr will, what are your goals for for the new year for from a professional perspective?
1: Uh, for the new year, yeah, i'm I'm really keen to get these plans um, set in place to. Um, firstly the small Action Plan to improve eye uh, care equity um, that's, that's big on, well, that's at the top of my list uh, professionally uh, and then hopefully next year yeah the borders will open up and I can start visiting the Pacific again because I really enjoy those trips um, it's also a good excuse to escape winter here <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah I, I'd love that yeah
0: Awesome, thank you, Doctor Will. Okay, you know, um, that's ah, been a good, good show today. Yeah, you know, um, from a more general, <laughs> overall, you know, perspective. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Been. Hey, uh, any more? Where we're finishing up. Is there anything else you'd like to cover
1: or, or bring up? Ah, uh, no, I, I, it's it's hard for me to know what. You know, people want to hear. I suppose if, if uh, any of our listeners, you know, want to come back with some questions, we'd always, or topics, I'd be very happy to, to talk about that. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Doctor. Well, definitely. Um, you're absolutely right. I'll, I'll try and, and get some some of my people, aunties, uncles, or, or patients. Yeah. Um, hey, I appreciate
1: your time. Thank you for being here. Oh, Thank thanks for know. having me. Yeah, it's been good. No. I don't mind though. My mind, I just can't seem to find a reason to believe that I can break free. Cause you see, I, I've been down for so long, the lack hope is gone. But as I lift my hands, I understand that I should raise your through my circle,
0: Go wrong, always wrong at one time. So much pressure fell on me. I thought I was gonna lose my mind.